Financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out, higher than expected. Friends, this isn't going away. It can't. The U.S. is $34 trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text STRANGE to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text STRANGE to 989898 now. The highly anticipated second season of the hit podcast Proof is finally here. Proof is an investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here. Proof made headlines for its first season in 2022 after proving the innocence of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend Brian Bowling when they were just 17 years old. 25 years later, on December 8, 2022, both men were finally freed based on evidence unearthed by Proof. In the second season of Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, this time traveling the streets of Manteca, California, to uncover who really murdered 18-year-old Rene Ramos. On June the 5th, 2000, Ramos's body was found buried under a pile of debris inside the shell of a new Home Depot building. Despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, tips that were ignored until now, Renee's boyfriend, 18-year-old skateboarder Jake Silva, and Ty Lopez, the 33-year-old uncle of one of Jake's close friends, were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, the son of the late Reverend Sun Young Moon takes us inside his Rod of Iron ministry. And of course, we have the, um, the, the Rods of Iron, the, the, the AR-15 representing the Apex weapon that uh, represents, uh, you know, um, uh, the man, man's sovereign ability to defend himself against tyranny. This podcast is brought to you by Canada's decontamination specialists, Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners. Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners is committed to helping people when tragedy strikes. Their objective is to restore safety to an environment in the most professional and discreet manner possible. To contact Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners, visit crimescenecleaners.ca. Call 1-866-724-0800. 1-866-724-0800 or email them at info at crimescenecleaners.ca 
Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Monday. I think I've got a real interesting one for you today, folks. Do you remember the Moonies? These were the followers of Sun Myung Moon, the Korean leader of the Unification Church. His spiritual successor is his son, Pastor Sean Moon. And he's here to talk about his World Peace and Unification Sanctuary, his strong views on Second Amendment rights, and his controversial Rod of Iron Ministry. Pastor Sean Moon, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? Doing great here in uh, chilly Pennsylvania, but probably not as chilly as Toronto. (laughs) Nice to have you, Richard. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So for those not familiar, uh, as hard as that may be uh, to believe, there may be some not familiar with your late father, uh, the Reverend Moon and the Unification Church. Just tell us uh, a little bit about the Unification Church, your father, and uh, then we'll get into your your current ministry. Uh, Yes, my father is Reverend Samuel Moon, and he was imprisoned in a North Korean death camp uh, in 1950, was freed uh, by the U.S. forces and of course uh, was able to continue his ministry, um, uh, and which of course became an international movement. He was an anti-communist um, uh, leader. He did anti-communist movements around the world uh, because he grew up in such a totalitarian you know, regime. And of course, preached the gospel, um, which is the, the, the main reason why he was in prison in North Korea. Um, so we're, we're from that, you know, our family in general is, is uh, as a family, is from, you know, that uh, ethnicity. So we are seriously uh, concerned about the direction of America and, of course, the communist and socialist uh, rhetoric that is growing in this country. And your, your father passed away in 2012, I believe. Yes, that's correct. Right. Uh, and then you started... Uh, well, how closely aligned uh, in terms of the tenets of your your beliefs, uh, how closely aligned is the, the World Peace and Unification Sanctuary and the Rod of Iron Ministries? How closely aligned are your beliefs with your late father's uh, ministry? Oh, well, we, you know, we, I'm, he crowned me as his heir and successor, so I'm kind of like the pope of the church, so to speak. Um, but there was a rift after he passed. Uh, my mother took a uh, you know, theologically heretical position. So we had to, of course, uh, we couldn't we couldn't continue in that in that supporting her in that way. Uh, but I basically continue uh, the uh, the teachings and, of course, the the ministry of my father, uh, which he passed down to me uh, on three different occasions. And just for for my own edification and clarification, uh, your your father did he declare himself to be the second coming of Christ? We we see him as the returning Jesus. Um, we see him as, a, a, you know, a, 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 the Christ figure that returns to establish God's kingdom and his uh, the three main biblical uh, responsibilities of Christ, you know, establish the king, the kingship of God, establish uh, judgment of the wicked, uh, which we believe is, of course, communism, which he referred to as political Satanism or, uh, you know, leftism also would be in that as well. And, of course, the uh, the third, which is 
uh, as the bridegroom to the church, uh, and, uh, and and so leading the church to the kingdom of God. So we, you know, we that's our theological position. We, you know, we continue his ministry and continue the the orthodoxy of the faith, so to speak. How did your father feel about the Second Amendment? Uh, my father was a he was a big Second Amendment supporter. Um, he, as you know, started the Washington Times. And of course, uh, was gravely concerned about the, the sort of communization of the United States and higher education, especially uh, that there was no repost to the mainstream media and powerful organizations like the Washington Post and New York Times. So he was an ardent supporter of Christian values in general, family values, and of course, uh, the Second Amendment was part of that. We we grew up, uh, all, especially all the boys in our family, uh, doing martial arts, self-defense, and uh, shooting guns uh, from a very young age about five or six in my case. Um, he also started a gun manufacturing company in Korea, one of the first, and also you know, produced the Vulcan cannon and M1 carbine, uh, different carbines for the Korean military. So he knew the, he was uh, ardent support of arms, especially for uh, free peoples, and uh, that good people must have the ability to defend themselves. The Rod of Iron Ministry. Just describe sort of your uh, accoutrement, if I, can, if I can use that term. Oh yes, in in the in the rod of iron, um, the rod of iron symbol or the rod of iron ministry symbol, we have the um, the main symbol in the middle, which is the light of Christ uh, that spreads to all the world. Uh, that is the, the Christ salvation, and then the four corners of the world, and then uh, uh, we have it, it's in a shield uh, that is described in the scripture as the shield of faith in Ephesians six, and of course we have the um, the the rods of iron. The, the, the AR-15 sim- re- representing the apex weapon that uh, represents, uh, you know, um, uh, the, the man, man's sovereign ability to defend himself against tyranny. Uh, and also we have the sword of truth uh, or the sword of the, uh, the word of God uh, there as well. And of course, we have the crowns, uh, the different crowns uh, that Christ gives to his disciples and the believers, uh, such as the crown of glory, crown of life, the incorruptible crown, etc., uh, and those that's represented in scripture where, uh, for example, in Revelation chapter one, uh, the, the, the Bible says, and Jesus Christ, the faithful witness and the first begotten dead and the prince of the kings of the earth has loved us and washed us from our sins by his own blood and hath made us kings and priests. And that's what we, where we believe sovereignty comes from. It comes not from government or man. Uh, sovereignty and, and our rights as human rights come from God. I watched a recent video where you were preaching to your congregation wearing army fatigues and wearing a crown that appeared to be fashioned out of AR-15 shell casings. That's rather interesting. <laughs> well, some of them are 5.56, five, uh, some, some, some of them are 30.30, 30, uh, but yeah, though, that's that's kind of a fun way. One of our brothers in our congregation made that for me, and you know, they, uh, some people referred to me as King Bullethead, <laughs> you know, for fun. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's just, it's just a way to, um, you know, represent that we, uh, you know, that we have a divine, you know, airship that Romans 8.17 talks about, that we are heirs with God and co-heirs with Christ. And that the world may see that as strange and ridiculous, but scripture and our identity in Christ should allow us to see ourselves, um, not worship ourselves, but see ourselves in that kingly lineage. A lot of Christians would be taken aback uh, by the idea of taking an AR-15 to Bible study, for example, or in one recent video I saw at a a wedding ceremony where the, the bride and groom or other members of the wedding party actually we're holding on to AR-15s. Uh, some Christians 
would say, I can't reconcile that. We're supposed to turn the other cheek and we're supposed to be peace-loving and so forth. Just talk about that if you could. Well, I mean, the whole scripture on turn the other cheek is in the context of witnessing. And of course, nobody in even in the gun community ever uh, declares that you must bring your AR-15 and take it out on somebody. That will be aggravated, aggravated assault uh, while witnessing. And of course, uh, uh, the, the, we don't only take our AR-15 to Bible study or marriage ceremonies. We take it to barbecues and in our cars in Pennsylvania. You know, that's legal. We're still free peoples here. But I think the, the, the larger issue was that historically, when we look at uh, the difference between kings and servants or slaves, is that slaves had two main uh, restrictions. Number one, they could not own territory or not have a kingdom. And number two, obviously they couldn't have any rights, uh, uh, one of which was the right of self-defense, so they were not able to own weapons. And so the AR-15 is a apex weapon um, that is technologically able to allow a collective civilization, you know, a civilian population to become more uh, a very powerful fighting force. That is the defense against tyranny. It's not an offensive uh, act like in Luke 22, as Jesus says, sell your cloak and buy a sword uh, and allowed his disciples even to to uh, have the sword for self-defense. Uh, in the same way, the Christian uh, should have the ability to arm uh, to 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 be able to defend themselves and their flock uh, from would-be predators. Regrettably, the AR-15 has been the the weapon of choice in a number of mass shootings. The Parkland, Florida school shooting, of course, comes immediately to mind. Have you received a lot of criticism? Uh, has there been a lot of blowback? Uh, because of your choice of the AR-15 as your ministry symbol, the rod of iron symbol. Oh yes, yes, we did. We uh, mainly from the left. Uh, of course, uh, there were many Christians from the left as well that were uh, attacking us and uh, saying very, very, um, you know, uh, very, very, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess hateful things. But I think the the point was uh, number one, we didn't that. Our event was scheduled six months prior, so we had, of course, no idea what would happen. Uh, and number two, of course, with the whole uh, the, the, the Marjorie Stoneman shooting down there in Parkland, Florida, I mean, I've interviewed the father of one of the children who, who, who died in that um, incident. Um, uh, and and, um, and, and, and he's, he has uh, talked about many times about how... Uh, the, it was the failure of the government system down there, the sheriff system. Uh, they had visited the shooter 40 plus times, et cetera. And without going to all the details, again, we see a failure of government, not a failure of uh, armed citizen. Uh, again, this kind of shooting happening 98.4% in gun-free zones. Uh, we believe that it's better for people to be able to, who are capable to be armed and be able to ready defend children, women, uh, teachers, students, whatever the case may be, uh, if, they're, if they're qualified and trained to do so. I want to ask you about your Freedom Festival, which brings together a kind of an interesting coalition. You have conservative Christians, you have non-Christians, you have Second Amendment people primarily. But talk to me about your Freedom Festival. I think, you know, I, I, I think uh, we're all standing together in solidarity uh, for human rights. And I think, uh, we, you know, there's a theological basis for our human rights. They don't come from uh, uh, man or bureaucracy. They come from, you know, almighty God. And God is, is the one who gives even uh, simple animals in creation the ability to defend themselves with teeth and with claws, etc. And he gave, of course, hum humanity 
uh, in human beings, the ability to abstractly think and create technology, et cetera, as, ma- as we are made in this image to be uh, co-creators in that, in, that, in that sphere that we are able to produce things. Um, and of course, uh, ability to produce technology that helps us defend ourselves. So we were uh, from predators. So we were we were there together in solidarity, uh, standing together, uh, defending the human right of, of self-defense. That people in Hong Kong should have the human right of self-defense. In North Korea, in in in, in all across uh, Russia or China or, or Europe, uh, wherever the case may be that this is not just an American right, as our framers stated, but it it is an inalienable right granted to us by our creator. And how does the Rod of Iron Ministry get on with the other mainstream Christian groups? Because, uh, let's be be honest, your your beliefs are outside the the mainstream when it comes to Christianity. How do you all get along? Uh, I think, you know, we have, uh, you know, each denomination has differences with one another. Uh, and of course, uh, we're very close to Christianity compared to, to the Mormon church or, or other churches like that. Uh, we believe in the divinity of Christ. We believe in, you know, uh, the salvation through Christ. We believe uh, in, uh, you know, that Jesus is God. Uh, we believe, uh, you know, um, so we have in the Trinity, we believe. So we believe in, in many of the main tenets of Christianity, um, uh, you know, very, that you won't see in other new forms like Mormonism, etc. And I don't think any Christian has problems doing, you know, business or, or standing together in solidarity for human rights with Mormons, um, who were who were a very small movement uh, 200 years ago. Um, in the same way, I don't think uh, any Christians uh, who are uh, deeply concerned about, you know, the demonic culture that is being pushed upon our families and children in America, which is undeniable, abomination to God, um, and, and worldwide, unfortunately, that, that we have to stand together, uh, even though we may have different theological views about this and that, uh, but we have to let, we have to stand together and stand up against unrighteousness. And I think that's what we, that's the, I think that's the groups we had a solidarity and respect for one another, uh, that, you know, Christ calls us to be kings and priests. That We may not always agree with one another, but we love one another and we stand against evil uh, together with one another. More of my conversation with Pastor Sean Moon, leader of the Rod of Iron Ministry, when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. Hi there. I want to tell you about a podcast I know you're going to love. It's called The Dead Files from Travel Channel. On The Dead Files, Amy Allen and Steve DeShavi investigate the paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the United States. Amy and Steve come from totally different perspectives when they investigate. Amy's a medium. She sees and speaks to dead people and uses this skill to find out why someone might be haunting a place. Steve is a retired homicide detective. He tackles the case from the other end of the spectrum and uses public records and witness accounts to piece together the history of the haunted location. On every episode, Steve and Amy investigate a different, real haunting to help the family struggling with its effects. On one episode in Falconer, New York, a family keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They also see a shadow figure lurking around their home. They call Amy and Steve to investigate. Amy uses her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. Separately, Steve finds out the history of the house from the townspeople and in public records. He finds that several people who lived in this house died, which matches Amy's findings. At the end of the episode, Steve and Amy share their findings and make a recommendation on whether it's safe to stay in the house or time to get out. There are so many crazy stories on the dead files, and what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. 
You listen to my podcast because you love tales of the paranormal. But if you want more, listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. Life Change Tea. It's time to see what everyone's talking about. It's time to get well. With continued use of the tea, you can experience clearer, healthier, younger-looking skin, increased energy, and a happier outlook on life. Formula 13 is a mild cleanse that'll help rid your body of any intruders. It's all natural and caffeine-free. The Takedown Tea is specifically formulated to help maintain healthy blood sugars. All natural, non-GMO, and made in the USA. It helps maintain proper glucose absorption throughout the body and helps maintain healthy blood circulation. It also helps support pancreas functions. And right now, the Takedown Tea is on sale. Buy two and get the third one for free. Nothing does what Life Change Tea does. They've got no competition, but you won't find their products in any store. You have to get your Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. Theoretical physicists say that there is as many as 12 hyperdimensions. Here are just three of them. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, here's an extra one. Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, how about one more? Conspiracy Unlimited. And the great thing is we have six hyperdimensions left. Conspiracy Unlimited. Five. Or something like that. I'll ask Richard later. Pastor Sean Moon from the Rod of Iron Ministry is here. Let me ask you about the just the, the cultural divide that's happening. Uh, really, it seems around the world, but certainly particularly highlighted in the United States uh, right now when we watch uh, the news and so forth. What, where is this all headed, uh, do you think? Because I don't think it's ever been this chasm uh, has ever been greater since perhaps the Civil War. Where do you think it's headed? Uh, I think, you know, it's interesting because Scripture says that God has given them over to a reprobate mind. And I believe that, you know, God is using the, 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 the people on the left and social and communism and what my father called political Satanism because it provides the political atmosphere uh, like we see with, for example, Epstein and the sexual cover-ups and pedophile rings that they're running. But, of course, they, the, the mainstream media is covering up for them. Um, all these kind of things uh, create actual uh, power, you know, uh, elite groups that can practice Satanism in the dark. Uh, real ancient rituals uh, that, you know, Mel Gibson or other folks from Hollywood have alluded to that the elites are participating in. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the Bible says it, it very clearly that, you know, there are, we find not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rules of darkness of the world, spiritual weakness in high places. So we know that there is this demonic uh, presence uh, that is ruling our world, and Satan is the prince of the, of, of the earth. And so I think for us, it's... Uh, God has given them over to reprobate mind in order to test us, and in the end, uh, for 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 the wicked to be separated uh, and to be judged. Uh, we pray that all people would find salvation through Christ and give their life to Christ, uh, but everybody has free will, uh, and there are consequences for uh, you know uh, breaking the law and breaking uh, God's commandments and and God's uh, providence and, and, and purpose and will for humanity. Um, so I, I believe there is a separation. Um, and in the, in the scripture shows very clearly that there is a judgment that comes to the earth when, the, when God's kingdom uh, rules over this, the millennial kingdom rules over this earth. That is uh, the testing period. I think God is allowing us to be tested as those who are in Christ and to be able to stand up against it. Uh, what about just sort of politically taking it out of the sort of the spiritual realm? 
Uh, yes, I, well, I think politically, you know, there is, uh, I think it's, it, I would say it's similar uh, in the fact, in, in, in the way that uh, now the more exposés are coming out, you know, uh, CNN, ABC, the Epstein revelations, uh, things like that. Um, the elites are no longer able to uh, act with impunity and hide behind the, 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 the many, uh, you know, board of director walls that they construct around themselves. And I think there is a judgment that is coming to those who are wicked and were above the law um, and that are using the apparatus of media and uh, uh, mainstream media to, to cover up their trails like Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton and, and people, uh, corrupt politicians as such. As such. And so I think that there is coming a reckoning, a day of reckoning. Uh, I believe that President Trump, we believe that President Trump is, uh, you know, uh, anointed by God to, to be a reprieve for the world and for the United States so that we can, you know, stand up together with him to confront uh, this onslaught of unrighteousness that has been forced upon us. In the, it would seem, unlikely event that, that President Trump isn't reelected and that we have a, a Democrat in the White House, and and I think all of them have made their views on the Second Amendment, for example, uh, quite known, and in in terms of religious freedoms. What then? What then? Well, I think only time could tell, but definitely, you know, people such as Beto O'Rourke, who was running, and were saying that, you know, he was going to confiscate AR-15s and AK-47s, he would create a civil war, I and mean, that's what what happened. I mean, the the law-abiding gun owners have been blamed for everything. Uh, you know, um, uh, every shooting, every uh, you know incident where somebody uses a, a gun um, irresponsibly, and um, of course, uh, you know, he would of course be targeting law-abiding citizens. He would be punishing law-abiding citizens. He would be t- punishing taxpayers of all races, creeds, and color, and of course, be passing red flag laws that have just killed a black man in, in Virginia uh, that was coming to his door five in the morning uh, while a SWAT team was. Uh, SWAT, SWAT teaming him, that's what they were doing, uh, to confiscate his gun. So it would, it would result in tremendous death and bloodshed. And of course, the patriots in America, our, our country is born on uh, a revolution against a tyrannical government. So when the patriots in our country who are, you know, gun owners who are 150 million strong, um, just like in the Revolutionary War, maybe not all of them would fight, but 3% of that uh, would be a fight, a tremendous fighting force. And of course, we know that there will be many military and law enforcement defections from the government side to help and protect the citizens and uphold the oath to the Constitution to defend uh, this country from enemies, foreign and domestic. But it would, if if a Democrat went in there and started to enact these um, totalitarian communist gun control laws, there would be probably a a, road to to another civil war. If that were the the case, would you and your the members of your ministry, would they they take up arms? Well, I think that's the purpose of the Second Amendment. The purpose of the Second Amendment is for every uh, arms uh, Amer- American citizen. In 19, uh, I'm sorry, 1791, I believe it was, the Militia Act was passed, and every 16-year-old able-bodied man had to have a military-grade musket and powder and shot, etc., that any uh, red coat would have. And so it was incumbent upon all Americans to be a fighting militia uh, in the event that they would have to fight, uh, you know, or, or against their own government or another tyrannical force. So uh, all Christians would have to stand against that kind of evil because that kind of evil, again, is targeted towards Christians uh, because uh, I believe that because the devil knows that Christ is, is king and Christ is true. Uh, but uh, Christians, whether you look at it in Cambodia or whether you look at it in North Korea or whether you look at 
it in uh, uh, you know uh, Russia, Russia with Stalin, uh, etc. Christians and Jude- Jewish folks, Judeo-Christian civilization has always been targeted, as it is a strong culture, uh, but a loving culture uh, that stands against uh, evil. Has the Rod of Iron Ministries been targeted, been uh, subject to some some sort of persecution, let's say, by the IRS uh, or or other government agencies? Uh, I mean, not that I'm you know aware of. Uh, the we've been you know we are we are a group of uh, you know armed citizens that gather together to worship God. Uh, we don't. We have supporters. We don't have members. We don't. Um, our church doesn't have quote members in the normal fashion that churches may have members. We don't take people's names. We don't uh, take you know private information. Some of that. We're a, a group of individuals that that understand kingship and priesthood, and want to gather gather, gather together to worship, and also to to to, to fellowship together. So I, whether or not I'm you know obviously we're on there are many. Um, government organizations that are watching uh, any even normal Christian conservatives. So I wouldn't be surprised, of course, if, if they're watching us. But that's no that's not anomaly uh, as uh, even in 2012, uh, conservative Christians and just regular gun owners were um, the 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 target of many government uh, watch lists. Right, right. But the so for example, your uh, peace of the world and unification sanctuary hasn't been targeted for. Uh, you know, they haven't threatened to take away charitable status or anything like that. Uh, no, not up to this point. But you know, uh, we wouldn't see that as something strange if that was beginning to happen. Right. Just a, a final note in your book, Our Father Forsaken. You talk about the American church having being focused on a social gospel. What exactly is that and how is that uh, devoid of the supernatural? Oh, yes, that's an interesting question. You know, I think that there's a long answer to that and a a short answer to that. The long answer being that it starts in the early church with Marcion and the Gnostic heresy. That is that, um, you know, uh, the God of the New Testament is different from the God of the Old Testament who was very vindictive and tribal and selfish and only one, you know, protect his people and was a warrior and that uh, Jesus represented uh, the highest divinity of light and pure love and pure uh, forgiveness and pure mercy and all inclusive, all tolerant, uh, very, very much what the left has tried to paint Jesus to be some kind of neo-pagan uh, flower uh, god, flower child. Um, so we see that heresy early on, and that, of course, transmogrifies through many different forms throughout the ages with the Cathars in France or the Bogomils in Bulgari or uh, different organizations uh, that embrace this kind of Gnostic heresy, like, for example, Freemasonry and the very powerful elites that were organized at the Grid and Gale, uh, 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 in Goose Ale House in London in, in the 1700s. Um, but then it really gets into its swing with the funding of... Um, Rockefeller funding some major theologians um, and German and rationalists in the 18th, 19th century. So we have a figure by the name of Julius uh, Wellhausen, who was a German rationalist who essentially said that the Old Testament was, uh, you know, coming from four distinct sources, the Yahwist, the Elohist, the Deuteronomist, and the priestly, uh, you know, um, redactions, and that they were created from this uh, you know, these variant of different independent sources 
and then they're roughly put together in this kind of mythological uh, format. And so the Wellhausen and his disciples like uh, von Harnack and other associates and supporters um, uh, create this kind of uh, this what what is known in in the academy of uh, seminary academy, so to speak, as a higher criticism. Uh, Boltmann was very big on this Rudolf Boltmann and the whole idea of textual criticism, form criticism, redaction criticism of the scripture. It's a sort of piecing and ripping it apart uh, in order to see what it actually meant. And of course, the scholars always come to the same conclusion, which is basically a Gnostic conclusion, um, that basically that any of the uh, any of the supernatural elements are simply mythology and that uh, these, you know, people were... Uh, you know, uh, piecing together these different independent sources. So we can't really trust the Bible. We can't really trust the moral injunctions within those scripture. We can't really trust any of that. And then in the end, their conclusion is that Jesus is simply a peace-loving uh, flower child prophet. Of course, this receives funding uh, by uh, major uh, funders like Rockefeller and Carnegie through the CFAT. That is the Carnegie Foundation for the Advancement of Teaching. And uh, they start funding seminaries and different uh, academic institutions across America and the West. And if they did not uh, adopt this kind of Wellhausian and higher critical, higher criticism modality of uh, analyzing the Bible, um, this sort of de what they call the demythologization of the Bible, uh, they would not get funded. So millions and millions of dollars were on sta at stake and many universities and seminaries acquiesced to this pressure. Um, so much so that I, I just want to read you really quick that the, the president of the New York Board of Education on June 14, 1914 said, Mr. Carnegie's efforts are crushing individuality out of the American colleges and lessening their contribution to public service. The Carnegie Foundation has deliberately and conspicuously made a mark of religious colleges, particularly of the small institutions, which in their own field carried on a great Samaritan work with limited equipment, but a splendid spirit one after another, many religious colleges have been seduced by great wealth to give up the independence that should have been found in a college, if nowhere else, and to forsake the faith of their founders. It makes me boil with shame to think that in this generation and in this republic, any body of men would so blazingly employ the tremendous power of great wealth as to permit it to buy the abandonment of religion. So even the New York Board of Education in 1914 was aware of this power. Um, and of course, we see this doctrine being pushed uh, and, and in, the, in the last century, uh, thousands and maybe hundreds of thousands of pastors and clergy and priests from the Catholic seminaries as well have emerged onto the stage, but coming out of seminary as, as relativists, as uh, believing that all religions are the same and there's no exclusivity in Christ, uh, which of course then melds very well with the leftism, with the political uh, you know, gnosis of, or the political ethos of leftism, uh, which is to try to include all these disparate uh, groups uh, for the sake of growing government and uh, centralizing power, ruling over others. So it's a real, uh, I guess it's that's kind of like the long uh, way, but the social gospel really uh, was that Jesus was not um, and the, it was not here for any of the miraculous things. He was here to change society. Unfortunately, what the left means by that usually is a socialist gospel. And I think that's the biggest problem with that position. Well, speaking of the social gospel, people on the left will often say things. They'll throw it back in a Christian's face. Well, Jesus would have been a socialist. Jesus would have been a pacifist. Talk to me about that. 
Well, I mean, in John chapter 2, Jesus is an assault weapons manufacturer. He manufactures Scourge, which is a cord of nine tails with uh, many times a blaze at the end, um, to whip the money changers, physically and violently assault the money changers in the temple. So he actually used physical violence uh, for the premeditated assault, uh, creating a weapon uh, to assault the people in the, in the temple. Uh, that were doing currency manipulation and cheating the the, the, the visitors that were coming in for worship uh, into Jerusalem. So not not only did Christ assault and manufacture weapons to assault uh, these what he saw as clear wickedness, um, but he also uh, commanded his disciples uh, on the second time he sent them out in Luke 22 to sell their cloak and buy a sword. Um, you know, many people say those who live by the sword die by the sword, and Christ, of course. Uh, knew that uh, those who uh, lived by the sword, especially the Roman uh, soldiers, were living by the sword. They were living and serving a government of totalitarian and centralized power, which, of course, is based on the immorality of force and theft uh, through taxation. So, I mean, even if you look at the parable of the tenants where Christ rewards uh, the, 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 the servant that multiplies his money uh, instead of the one that hides his money in order not to lose its value. Uh, Christ is, of course, clearly leaning towards a free market or a capitalist system. Um, and, of course, uh, was telling his own disciples to be armed and allowed them actually to have arms uh, around him uh, as they, and that would be actually a criminal offense in the Roman Empire in the, in the first century. Um, uh, a Jew could not own a military-grade weapon, which was a sword. Uh, so he was actually telling them to break the law in that case um, to arm themselves and their community for self-defense. So these things, unfortunately, have not been taught in the churches, and there's absolutely no discussion. It's almost as if it's not even in the Bible, uh, because, uh, as Christ said, he comes to bring, uh, not to bring peace, but the sword. Uh, and, of course, the sword divides good from evil, and it, and it allows the people to have power political power, as Mao Zedong said, all political power comes from the barrel of the gun. When civilians are armed, uh, they have power to be able to upturn tyranny and uh, evil uh, governments. Pastor Sean, thank you so much for hanging out and spending some time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Richard. God bless you. Thank you so much. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back with a few words on an upcoming episode. My Strange Planet shop is filled to the rafters and bursting with great gear. Check out the Toxic Mail and the Protect Our Power Grid t-shirts. My personal favorite right now, though, is my line of t-shirts celebrating carbon dioxide, the miracle molecule that makes life possible on our planet. But there's more than just t-shirts. There's mugs, phone cases, great hoodies and sweatshirts, tote bags, stickers, and more. The proceeds from the Strange Planet shop goes to support the work I do here. They help make this podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited, and my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, all possible. So, get on up to my Strange Planet shop today. Just go to strangeplanet.ca. Remember, Christmas is coming. It's a strange planet. Get the gear. Coming up next time on Conspiracy Unlimited. How the Rockefeller's financial cabal has doomed mankind. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. 
show. And remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. 